Invincible, Journey to the Southern Lands, by Heather Engel. Chapter 1. Kingdom in Ruins The young princess lay sleepless in her bed. There was nothing to calm her stinging, tired eyes. Her pillows were soaked in tears from countless nights spent sobbing. A silver plate with stale bread and a goblet of old water sat on the nightstand next to her bed. She hadn't slept in days and refused to eat or drink. The princess despised her stubbornness. If only she didn't insist on being so spiteful towards the horrible man who took over her kingdom. Then at least she wouldn't be starving. The round stone room set high on a tower wasn't meant to be used as a prison, but for the last three weeks she didn't consider it her room. It wasn't home. The familiar walls carried no warmth. The wooden floors deprived of all spirit. The cushioned bed brought no comfort. The whole room drained of life. Distant sounds of wails and sobs ran constantly through the princess's ears. They came from the window that overlooked the village, but whether or not they were actually there, she didn't know. The only things she ever heard after nightfall were the cries. Sometimes it was the wails of her citizens suffering in the past, in the present. Other times it was abrupt shouts, cutting off hauntingly as their life was torn away from them but most often it was her sister's or her mother's screams of fear and pain that echoed through her mind. She knew what they truly were, whether they were real or not. They were the cries of her people, the people she could not help, the people she was supposed to protect, the people she had failed. The large wooden door, usually kept locked, barged open. The princess didn't so much as flinch. Two hands gripped her arms, pulling her off her bed, throwing her to the floor. She hit the cold wood harshly, causing her head to spin. The hands picked her up again, pulling her into a somewhat standing position. She slouched, not having the strength to hold herself up properly. As she was pushed forward roughly, her feet struggled to take steps, dragging against the floor. The men pushing her along the long corridor stopped in front of a wooden door identical to the princess's, her father's room. One of the men knocked twice on the door. A voice that was not her father's groaned and called out from inside the room. Intrude! The men opened the door and pushed the princess inside. She tried to find her balance, ultimately failing and falling to the floor. The men bowed, but not to her, as they should have. They shuffled out of the room and closed the door. The weak princess brought her dry eyes up to the face she so hated. He lay across her father's bed, staring down at the pathetic girl. He sighed lazily, then sat up, scooting to the edge of the bed. "'How are we today, my sweet princess?' he mocked. The princess glared up at him. He looked down at her sickly frame with what she would call sympathy, though she doubted he could ever feel an emotion such as that. "'You know all this suffering can end,' he taunted her. She had so much to say, so many insults to hurl at his stupid face, but she feared if she dare spoke, her throat would crack.' She opened her mouth, but closed it, closed it as no words came out. Rolling his eyes, he stood and walked over to a small nightstand. Taking the cup that sat on it, he crouched down next to the princess and offered her the drink. For all she knew, it was poisoned. He could be trying to kill her, and if she was going to die, it surely would not be by his hand. But why would he have left her alive this long just to kill her now? She was so thirsty. Was quenching her thirst really worth risking death? Yes. She leaned towards the cup. He lifted it to her lips, tilting it. The refreshing liquid rushed down her throat, relieving her dehydration. 
After finishing the entire cup of possibly poisoned water, she leaned back, satisfied. She closed her eyes for a moment before flashing them open to glare at him again. My pain, she managed to whisper, might end, but... She took a shaky breath in between every other word she spoke. My kingdom's pain will continue. The man pursed his lips, sitting on the floor in front of her. He was so relaxed, one leg bent up with his arm draped over the knee, completely calm and in control of the situation. Maybe so, he reasoned, but what does that matter when you'd be ruling the world with me by your side? He leaned forward, his hand extending to her face. She pulled her head back before his skin could make contact with hers, staring at him through the slits in her eyes. He hesitated, but pulled his hand away. She was thankful he didn't persist. If he had, she would have killed him right then and there, if she had the strength, but she didn't. He stared into her eyes in silence. In spite of every inch of reason in her body, her eyes always mesmerized her in a way she couldn't explain, in a way she wished they didn't. They were dark and sunlighting, almost too dark to see the difference between the iris and the pupil, if it weren't for the gold ring surrounding it. But in the light of the candle, they were the most enchanting blue eyes she had ever seen. She hated looking into his eyes. Though he tried to hold a straight, emotionless face, he showed more than he realized. She could see the gears in his mind turning, trying to decipher what was going on in hers, the tiniest twitch in his eyebrows showing the faintest bit of sorrow and confusion all at the same time. She broke the eye contact, looking down at the floor. She refused to believe that this man could have any emotion at all, despite the evidence for it. That evidence being the pain she saw in his eyes. She saw it so clearly, though he made such an effort to hide it from the world. The pain he hid behind his anger and violence, she knew it well and easily recognized it. She saw it every time she met her own eyes in a mirror. She quickly shoved the thought out of her mind. They were nothing alike. They couldn't be more different. He had overthrown a whole kingdom, killed countless people, including her own family, and now he was holding her hostage in her room and left her father to rot in the dungeons. And for what? What purpose? The fun of it? She didn't know. Her anger had a purpose. Justice. At least, that's what she reasoned with herself. No, he didn't have a purpose. Didn't have a single emotion. There might have been a shred of evidence for it, but there was far too much against it. He sighed, then stood, towering above her. Whatever he was contemplating, he seemed to have made a decision. I've spared you and your father from the same fate I gave the rest of your family. She glanced up to see he had an annoyance written on his face. He stared at anything in the room besides her. But not for much longer. He called the men standing guard outside the room. He looked down, his eyes bearing straight through her body and into her soul, a fury in them she had never seen before. Tomorrow you either marry me or your father dies, and then you marry me. She couldn't even process what he had said before the men picked her body off the floor again. Even being held to almost her full height, he still loomed several inches over her. He leaned towards her, bending slightly to gaze into her eyes, a tactic she knew he only she knew he only used to be seen as intimidating. But she wasn't intimidating. She was furious. She stared directly back at him. Either way, you can't escape it, Hazen, he whispered, inches from her face. You have all of tonight to make your decision. 
He straightened, not meeting her eyes again, then motioned for the men to take her away. The princess wanted to scream and curse at the wretched man, but she had no strength to, the only noise able to escape her lips being a hoarse whimper. The men dragged her out of her father's former room and down the hall into her own. Questions and worries swarmed her mind. What was she going to do? She could never bring herself to marry that awful, horrible, disgusting man. The guards threw her on her bed. She cried out, her voice cracking. The men left, locking the door behind them. Hazen's mind raced back to thoughts of her father and what she could possibly do to help him. Her head spun, not only from her thoughts, but also the impact of being thrown once again. No matter how much she denied it, deep down she knew he was right. She couldn't escape it. So then, what was there that she could do? Simply lie through the night, knowing the next day would be her doom? The sound of rummaging came from Hazen's wardrobe. She sat upright, despite her head begging her not to. She narrowed her eyes at the carved wooden doors as they struggled to open. She held her breath, running through the things she would do if an assassin popped out of her closet. Doors flung open, and her hand flew up to her mouth as she must muffled a gasp. It was not an assassin, but her best friend that came tumbling onto the floor with a groan. Zephyr, she squeaked, her eyes growing wider with every second. Was he really here? She placed a hand on her dizzy head. Maybe she had begun to see hallucinations as well as hearing voices. The boy frantically stood, dusting himself off. Oh my gosh, Hazen! He ran to his best friend, embracing her frail body. Her arms shakily wrapped around his thin torso. She concluded he was not a hallucination. He quickly jumped back, a worried but stern look crossing his face. Have you been eating? He grabbed her wrists in his hands. You look awful. What do you think starving yourself is going to solve? He dug in the satchel hanging by his waist and pulled out a bundle of cloth. Here, have this. He unwrapped it, revealing a loaf of bread. As she snatched the bread from him, he reached into his bag and produced a block of cheese, also wrapped in cloth. She gratefully took it, and he watched as she ate in silence for a few minutes. After she had her fill of the bread and cheese, he wrapped them back in the cloth and shoved them into the bag again. "'Honestly, Hayes, you look terrible,' he said. His voice held sympathy, but he couldn't hide the small laugh from her. "'Have some water.' He barely had time to pull the flask from his satchel before she snatched it from his hands. "'Yes,' she whispered hoarsely. "'I haven't exactly been able to keep up with my image. "'You know, being held prisoner and all.' "'She rolled her eyes and drank. "'Now, do you care to tell me what you are doing here?' she questioned. "'How did you even get in here?' "'She moved to hand the flask back to him, but he pushed it away. "'Well,' he started in a hushed tone, "'I snuck in through the kitchen window. "'You, you know, the one we always would climb in when we were kids to steal the cake frosting?' Then I made my way up to your tower. Trust me, it wasn't easy. Dodging the guards and hiding behind corners? I almost got taught, caught twice. He held up two gloved fingers, as if Hazen needed the visual, visual to understand. Once I got up here, I saw the guards took you out of your room. They left the door open, and I snuck in. He chuckled silently. Lucky for them, too. Slightly. Lucky for them, too. I was ready to rough them up and break in here. She smiled, unsure of how true that was. It was a great accomplishment on its own that her meek friend managed to make it all the way from the kitchens to her tower without being killed. In all honesty, she was quite proud of him. He cleared his throat cautiously, causing her smile to drop. <clears throat> As for why I'm here, well, he looked down, not meeting his friend's eyes. 
I overheard some guards talking about Orion's plans. I... They're gonna kill him, Hazen. He placed his gloved hand gently on hers, looking at her with sympathy. Your father, I know. She sorrowfully nodded. Orion told me if I don't agree to marry him tomorrow, he'll kill him. She glared down at her bed, imagining all the ways she'd like to wipe the smug look off Orion's face. She glanced, she looked up at her best friend. I have to get him out of here, Zeph. What? How? He asked, tearing his hand away. This entire castle, entire kingdom, is surrounded by Orion's guards. I barely made it in here alive. He knit his brows together. Exactly, she reasoned. You made it in. We can make it out. You're in no condition to walk, Hazen, he reminded her, gesturing to her weak form. You'll carry me. I, what? He stared at her straight face. She was serious about this. Zeph, we have to save my father. You know Orion will kill him if we don't, she begged. Where will we go? Before Hazen could speak against his self-invitation to join her, he continued. Yes, we. Of course I'm going with you. You're too weak to go on your own. She wanted to argue, but he was right. She wasn't at her usual prime. Fine, you can come. The question of where, she shrugged. We'll go through the mountains and figure it out from there. Although she had never been outside the kingdom, she figured the odds of surviving out there had to be better than surviving inside with Orion. Hazen, that's a terrible plan, Zephyr said. That's not even a plan. Well, maybe my father will know where to go, she reasoned. At least he's been outside the kingdom. So let's just focus on that, all right? She stared at him, waiting for a reply. He sighed, then stood from the bed and walked over to the window overlooking Hazen's kingdom. He peered out. Nodding his head, he turned back to Hazen and pulled some rope out of his satchel. Okay, maybe we can pull this off. And if we die trying... Pfft, he sputtered his lips. I'm sure it's better dead than, dead than it is here. But I'm going to need some help, he whispered in a serious tone. And you're going to have to wait here for a few minutes, got it? Please get some rest, he begged. Hazen nodded. He opened her window, wincing as it creaked slightly. Fastening the rope to her bed, he threw the other end out down the side of the tower. He gripped the rope through his, blacked, through his gloved hands and began to climb out carefully. I'm going to be back, he assured her. Just wait here. Hazen rolled her eyes, smirking. Where else am I supposed to go? He chuckled, probably more from nerves than her joke. Then, stealing one last glance at his best friend, he took a deep breath and hoisted himself out the window down the rope, and out of Hazen's sight. Hazen rested her head against the pillow, obeying his wishes to sleep. She knew in any other circumstance he would not have been so quick to throw himself out of a three-story high window. But whenever she needed him, he was always there, and she certainly needed him now, and that filled him with enough courage to do anything. <laughs>